I am going to be speaking from Mark 7, and I will read it to you, and I'm going to, not adding, I'm going to explain some things as we go through. Um, yeah, okay. It's quite a long passage, so gear up. Um, the Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered round Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that are unclean, that is unwashed. Now, in this version, it says unclean, but in other version, it says the word defiled, which I feel like it's a stronger word. Like it kind of means ruined. You know, we kind of think of unclean as, if you think of unclean hands, unwashed hands, you can just wash them off. Like we're quite capable of cleaning ourselves. Hopefully you've all learned that by now. Um, <laughs> so while the word defile is really not a nice word and hasn't got nice connotations, actually I think it's really helpful in here. So yeah, uh, saw, some of, saw some of the disciples eating food with hands that were unclean or defiled. That is unwashed. And then John Mark, who wrote the book of Mark, uh, kind of gives us a little bit of more information and says, the Pharisees and all the Jews um, do not eat unless they give their hands ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash, and they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So this isn't just they come in and they wash their hands. This is a ceremonial washing. So it's, it's different. It's part of a ceremony to kind of cleanse their hands in a more spiritual way than just using soap. Okay, so he's explaining that. Um, <clears throat> so the Pharisees and the teachers of the law asked Jesus, why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with unclean hands? He replied, Isaiah was right when they pro he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. You have let go of the commandments of God and are holding on to the traditions of men. Then he said to them, you have a fine way of setting aside the commandments of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, honour your mother and father, and anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. But you say that if a man says to his mother or father, whatever help you might otherwise have received from me is korban, which that is a gift devoted to God, then you no longer let him do anything for his mother or father. Thus you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you may have handed, that you have handed down. And you do many things like this. Again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a man can make him unclean, defiled, uh, by going into him. Rather, it is not. Rather, it is what comes out of a man that makes him unclean. Um, after he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. Are you so dull? He said. Basically, you lot are audience in a lovely way. Um, <laughs> don't you see? that nothing that enters a man from the outside can make him unclean, for it doesn't go into his heart, but into his stomach, and then out of his body. And then, Mark's helping us again. In saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. He went on, what comes out of a man is what makes him unclean. For from within, out of a man's heart, when he's saying man or men, he means humans, 
just it's not men exclusive sorry <laughs> gals um come evil thoughts sexual immorality theft murder adultery greed malice deceit lewdness envy slander arrogance and folly all these evils come from inside and make human unclean so that's that's a chunk so we're gonna go through this again and split it basically jesus is trying to make two points and i'm gonna try and rush through the first point because while i think it's important i think the second point that he's trying to make is what he kind of uses the the first bit to kind of say ah i'm gonna make this more important point this deeper point because he's clever um so the first point is kind of surface of surface point so basically in the beginning of this he is dispelling the rules that the elders have made he's calling them out he's basically saying no you're wrong so i've written here context please <laughs> so um <laughs> Why has this conversation arisen? Like, what is going on? Like, the Pharisees are seeing these disciples walk in and eat food and they haven't washed their hands and this sparks this whole big hullabaloo. Um, so we might read this and say, well, of course, of course eating food doesn't mean that you are unclean and, and defiled and dirty. Um, but most of the people in Jesus' day wouldn't have thought that. So in the Old Testament... The Israelites followed uh, purity laws. So um, basically, this was a enabling them to be in the temple in the presence of God. So not only did they have to be physically clean, they had to be ritually clean as well. We're not going to go into the rabbit hole of all that stuff. It's just something helpful to know as to why this conversation came about. Um, and the reason God did that you know, Jesus in saying all foods are clean is not saying God got it wrong back then at all. At that point in time, this was the way that God was revealing himself to his people and showing him, them who he is. So he was showing them his goodness and his bigness and his power um, through the rules that he created um, and keeping them safe in order for them to be in his presence. Um, so those things, goodness, bigness, power or what we might say are his holiness and his glory. That's what he was showing them. So <clears throat> what Jesus is saying here, when he calls them out on it, is that there is a difference between the rules that God set then, Israelite time, and the like, human traditions that the Pharisees are pushing onto people now. So it's like they've just, they've twisted them and they've changed them and yeah, in verse 8, it says, you have let go of the commands of God that you, and you are holding on to human traditions. We want to hear from God. We want to do what God says, not what humans say, because they were trying to show themselves to be morally good people. And that's not what God looks for. We'll go on to that later. Anyway, um, yeah, and in verse 13, he says, thus you nullify the word of God by your own traditions that you have handed down. Nullify means to null and void. You know, you might have heard null and void. It cancels it out. It basically says, no, stop. <laughs> he's, he's pointing out, he's, he's putting the Pharisees in, his, in their place. And when Jesus does declare 
that all foods are clean. He's not only like setting setting it straight again and saying, "You've twisted this. This is what this is what it is." Um, he's also showing his authority. He can declare all foods are clean. Um, yeah. So that's point one. But I think it's really important for us to understand the context for two reasons. Firstly, because Firstly, because we might have read that, like, you might have been f listening to the first bit going, okay, cool, next. And then the second bit, probably your ears pricked up a little bit more, especially when we got to the whole, what comes out of a man is what makes him unclean, and then listed all those evil things that come out of a man. And that's probably when you were listening and you were understanding more. Not that you didn't understand the first bit, but actually it's important for us to understand what's going on because if we don't know that, it makes it sometimes hard for us to hear the other things. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, when we don't understand or dismiss something in the Bible, it can be hard for us to fully accept other parts that are clear. So, hopefully that makes sense. So the second, the second reason why it was important to understand that kind of surfacey bit um, was that actually Jesus is going right. Let's sort this out. Let's just come on. Let's let's have a conversation. Let's work this out. Done. Can we move on to the more important thing now, please? Like when he says, "Are you so dull? Come on, I'm repeating it again. It's not what comes out. It's not what man puts in his body. It's what comes out." He's kind of saying, "Come on, let's get to the point here." <laughs> And the point is, um, is that it's in it's what is in our heart that is important. I'm really time here. Sorry. Um, so again, context. Um, ancient Israelites, and I think the biblical authors as well, although heresy, hog me if you need to, um, <laughs> had a different view of the heart than we do today. So. Yes, they understood it as a muscle that pumps blood around the body, and that's probably what most of us think of when we think of the heart. But they saw it as the central part of a person's being. So it was a place where, yes, the physical, but also where emotions, where thoughts, and where choices motivated from our desires came from. Um, and we kind of have a bit of an understanding of that today. You might hear people say that when they've suffered a loss, they've got a broken heart. Um, or you might hear people saying, Follow your heart when they're trying to make a decision. Um, but they kind of, it was really, it was like, this is, this is the central to who you are as a person. Um, yeah. So in verse 21 of this, it says, uh, for from within, out of a man's heart, come. And then he lists these things. Um, yeah. Um, and in verse 6, it says... Um, these people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. That's what he's talking about with the Pharisees. He's saying, their hearts, they're not, they're not listening to me, they're not following me, they're not loving me, their hearts are from me. So all throughout the Bible, we see people referring to their hearts. Um, and in Psalm 51, verse 10, it says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. 
um, and in Proverbs 4, 23, uh, it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And this is basically what I think Jesus is saying in this passage here. When he's saying what comes out of a man is what makes him unclean, from, for from within, out of a man's heart, come evil, spirit, uh, evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these, evil, all these evils come from inside and make a man unclean. And, and that's why Jesus is, that's why in Proverbs it's saying, guard your heart for everything flows out of it. So what's the good news? The good news comes in, well, I've got a bit here, from Ezekiel. Um, and it says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and, a pure, and put a new spirit in you. I'll remove from you a heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. So we don't have to do the ritually cleansing stuff anymore because... If you're a Christian, you have been given a heart of flesh and your heart of stone is gone and you are no longer defiled and ruined. Um, and when we're thinking about what holy means and what it is to be holy, um, I think this analogy is really helpful um, because we get to inherit everything that Jesus inherits and we also get to inherit the Holy Spirit. So that means that, like what Quinn said during worship, we have the Holy Spirit. He's the big ship, and we're the little ship. But we're still a ship. We can still do things, not in our power, not in our glory, not in our holiness, but in God's glory and holiness through the Holy Spirit being inside us. We are alive. We are not, you know, a, a beating heart is flesh, and it's alive. A stone was never even alive, so the difference is astronomical. And holiness describes a discrepancy between two things. So God is holy because he's other, he's different, he's unique. There's a discrepancy between him and us, like there is a discrepancy between flesh and stone. Um, yeah, so the Bible encourages us not to be encourages us to be active, not to be passive. Um, so in 2 Samuel 7, 3, it says, Whatever you have in your mind, go ahead and do it, for the Lord is with you. So this list of things that might have made you think of some of the things in your life at the moment might have made you think about some of the evil thoughts that you have or whatever, and you might look at that and go, oh, I need to do better. Like what she was saying, God doesn't berate you. He loves you. But we, now that we are saved and we have the Holy Spirit in us, we don't have to live like that anymore. We have what's called agency. We are able to not do that stuff. Um, Okay. Um,
something and all be perfect and all be completely holy like Jesus. That was my point. Um, <laughs> well, I haven't said it yet, I just remembered no. it. Don't make me forget it. Um, this is a journey with God. We get to have a relationship with God. We get to walk with God every single day. And that is an incredible thing. And there will always be stuff that, that we struggle with and that we need to work through with God, and we get to do that with him. Um, but, I mean, it says, I haven't written it down here, it says somewhere in Philippians, t Paul tells the Philippians to have the mindset like Jesus, to walk like Jesus, to be like Jesus, and he wouldn't say that, Philippians 2. Um, he's not saying that to set us up for a failure. He's saying that because we can do that, because we have the Holy Spirit with us. So we're going to have some response time and uh, you can trust me. I know what's in the bio. Um, we've literally got eight minutes, but we're going to have some response time and it's literally just going to be you guys having an opportunity to talk to the Holy Spirit and confess some things if you want to or just talk to him about what's going on. Um, but the way we're going to do it is Ashley's going to pray, uh, play, play, pray. play, and um, if people can stand, and then what I want you to do, we're not going to come around and pray for you, but I want you to take a step forward if, if you are responding to this, if you are talking to God about this stuff, and if you do want the Holy Spirit to fill you to help you with some of this stuff that's going on in your lives. 